2: Welcome back to this week's episode of Colch Chio Cappuccino, now available wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to subscribe and remind yourself to dive in. You can always hit us on the playback. Back again this week, as always, with my wonderful, dulcet-toned co-hosts, Dre Cordero and Erin West. We also have the wonderful, outstanding, perfect, in every way, Poppy Miller with us. So happy to have her (laughs) joining us.
3: Hello how guys, how are Ciao.
0: I was supposed to say, how are we doing this evening? It is 11 o'clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poppy,
2: did, I, did I get you the best intro possible ever? Christine, I missed it.
3: The only thing I heard was Miller. Wow, okay. <laughs> all, okay. That extra, all that extra lifting, I was going to just write you a sonnet on the fly. But I like, believe you though. Thank you so much. I appreciate whatever you said before I uh, hopped on. <laughs>
4: I say whatever she's on from now on we just try to slip something by her in the uh, in the in the intro <laughs> just to see if she'll notice
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel very technically challenged trying to get on these spaces either my mics not on my speakers not on but today I'm good It's kind of like playing double dutch you get the the rhythm in and you jump right in and we're good to go that's
0: um, true so, let's be honest Pop, poppy was placing the last minute bet that's why she was a little bit late we I mean, all know yeah what's it's going
2: illuminating up. to find out which of us are becoming the degenerate gamblers <laughs> of the squad and honestly <laughs> i did not have poppy at the top of that
3: list i'm leading the way parlays are my thing honestly i'm already looking at what i'm gonna put my money on this weekend or more so tell everyone else to put their money on and then hope for the best okay poppy what am i betting my house on? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say you should bet your house on Napoli to win and over two and a half goals because that seems to hit every single match this season so far. So that Woo-hoo! seems pretty safe. I, I think, that-
4: as, a dis- as a disclaimer, she just missed on a Napoli bet, so you know, at your own <laughs> risk.
3: Just don't add Raspadori in there because that's where I fell last yeah. time. <laughs> I, not, I, I
0: mean, I- honestly, that's a, that seems like a very. I'm not a. I'm not a better. We we talked about this. I'm not a better. I, I know myself. I, I stay away from those things. But that sounds like a pretty solid bet. Like Napoli to win and score two plus goals or two <laughs> goals is is feels feels like a, like a lot yeah Alan, yeah And
3: honestly, it's just... hit six of the last seven times. And the only time it didn't was against Roma. And we said take the under on that one. So you know what? The more I think about it, the more I feel like betting is just becoming a lot of fun. <laughs>
4: This no, is okay, now a gambling okay. podcast, by the yeah. way. Uh, we'll yeah, give you
0: no, we'll we give we you lines this. and we over-unders. So
3: Let me just right tell everyone, like, don't you, listen to me. I truly know nothing.
0: One, if you or any of your loved ones suffer from gambling addiction, please. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> we in know, no way or shape or form indoors <laughs> gambling addiction. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's interesting that Poppy inevitably <laughs> picked probably what will be the match of this weekend, Napoli-Sassuolo, on Saturday at 9 a.m. that both Dre and Mateo will be on the call for on CBS Sportsnet and p plus that i don't know that might be a really close one so i you might want to conservatively bet i don't know what how how, hot what's the parlay boys
4: Let's not gloss over the fact that Aaron just gave us his first pseudo fake advertisement um after we asked him right. some 3 weeks ago. I told you. So I told yeah. you
0: Slip, it was coming. it and <laughs> <in laughs> sneaky. Thank you thank you for noticing that. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, Aaron is really did. Bringing
2: us those Gamblers Anonymous at yeah. dollars.
0: So the, the timing was suspect and it was more of a PSA but it's it's you know it's we're in the <laughs> listen, right direction. Listen, we're just moving forward. That's all we need to do is just move forward. Thinking <laughs> so, of fell- uh yeah,
2: go ahead. Yeah, so we've had a really interesting uh last match week as well as um let's call it equally interesting Champions League clashes that we've just gotten through. Um I don't know what was what was the highlight for you, Aaron, either or Sadia or Champions League?
0: Um it's weird to call this a highlight Okay, low light. Like um, no, no, it's <laughs> no it isn't it isn't actual <laughs> Anomaly. highlight. It's a, it's I like inter i in no way would have called inter coming through that group and they did with a plum um so i would just like to congratulate the Inter. um i'm gonna not i'm gonna try and be my most unbiased self and they deserved it honestly you cannot say they didn't deserve it they showed that champions league pedigree um and they they fully deserve to be through
2: here the part of the narrative, story, I guess. I mean, yeah, they did; they earned it. I uh, I am in the uh, probably very very small minority in that I had um, only Milan and Napoli um, pulling their weight in Champions League, getting out of the group stage, and that seems to be hmm, um, maybe <laughs> I underestimated because now we've got Inter in the conversation and and Juve tap dancing
3: their way home, so.
0: That is a very rough way to say it, but it's true.
3: <laughs> I think that's a very nice way to say it. The tap their way home. They've been absolutely disastrous. They don't. I don't think they even deserve to be in the Europa League, not that they even have guaranteed their place in there. But I think they've just been so underwhelming. And we were just talking about it, but the way that they lost these matches and the way that they've gone out of Champions League and setting records for all the wrong reasons... I think it puts massive pressure back on them in the league now to, to start getting results to go their way.
2: I think it certainly forms an argument that makes it very, very difficult to have any answer other than we are now aggressively climbing the Serie A table because we have this singular focus. Um, there, there's nothing to dilute or distract. I think it certainly will make it very hard to defend uh, squad and management.
0: There's really nothing to defend about any of this uh it's a this like final nail in the coffin is just another damning indictment of the management the the players the performances everything around this club is just it's, it's it looks bad right now um it's kind of funny seeing Paul Pogba come out as a modern warfare character. <laughs> 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 in Call of Duty today, it's like, well, that's the only place you're going to get to play with this man in the next like, month or so. Um, but yeah, um, it's what But,
3: it's but what's, what's crazy is they, they also have to play PSG on the last match day, and you would rate Maccabi's chances of getting a point or something against Benfica better than you would rate Juve against how well they against PSG and how well they played especially in the last match with Mbappe Messi and Neymar I mean I feel like that could be a really ugly match for Juve and for them I actually think they must be praying that PSG are putting their attention elsewhere but they won't be because they could win the group if they get points against Juventus so That's I think it could get it's even worse a very for them.
0: embarrassing fixture for Juve like yeah. very very embarrassing
3: Christine's very quiet. Go on, Christine. (laughs) No, I I think that a lot
2: of what's happening with Juve, and not that I'm disaffected but I think it's a lot of reaping and sowing this isn't just a singular season's worth of business decisions that have been missteps um financially or otherwise they've been plagued with injuries and other errors this has been I think in my opinion probably a rebuild that's at least five seasons in the making and nobody ever wanted to address it as such and that's been problematic because um Juve always fino a la fine is is like that's that's the outward messaging no matter what. And I think that they need to have their come to Jesus moment a little bit.
3: <laughs> but the thing is, what changes for the club? Because the manager's not gonna change, you know, everyone's waiting for Chiesa to come back and hopefully make an impact and, and these players to come back. But Aaron, what do you think is gonna change for this club in the immediate future?
0: Well, I, I think that's that's the probably the why most Juventini have such overridingly negative feelings right now. It's it's not as if like, oh, it's bad right now, but we kind of see a path to it getting better. It's bad, and there it seems like it could get worse. The, nothing about this really, really seems super tenable in the long term. Like the the way that they build the team, the way that they the the structure of this entire organization is kind of rotted from within i would say it it doesn't it's it's not a, a fully footballing organization it's a commercial enterprise with a footballing name attached kind of um and what we've seen from a lot of teams that are successful around europe is they kind of break it down in a footballing sense like hey we need to go back to building blocks we need to revamp our academy system we need to revamp how we sign players we need to revamp like our entire system from the Mm -hmm. bottom up and signing older players on free transfers is not a a system that is successful. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if the club were to kind of see that or show signs of seeing that and say, Hey, we know we need to work on X, Y, and Z. It might be a, a, a more optimistic viewpoint from I'm speaking for fans, but I'm mainly for myself. (laughs) through <laughs> um, the lens of maybe some fans think like me. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't really feel optimistic in the slightest, if we're going to be honest. Uh,
2: I got to throw in the highlights, though. I, I really do think that my optimism is in Miretti, in Sule, in Gatti, in Illings Jr. I think that we're seeing more of the kids than we ever have previously. And this is very typical Allegri. Um, where I had joked that it would require a partial lobotomy to see that many of the kids playing at once. And you know what? Maybe <laughs> we needed to bring the entire squad to their knees to actually get them those minutes because they were the bright spot. They were starting to turn around that second half of that match. You know, um, I think that that gives us something um, tangible to move forward with. But yes, structurally, globally, there's a lot of things that need to change within the organization to get them back on the right foot.
4: I think that's the the first sign of the apocalypse, right, for, for you eh, when when you bring out the kids. Usually, you know, I think the fans always want to see the kids, which is why when a manager is really, really struggling, like one of the last sort of tools that he has is to play the youngsters because it brings some excitement. Um, it gives him a little bit of an excuse if you don't play particularly well. You say, well, I'm not very deep. Uh, my bench is, you know, I'm having to bring out these kids. And so, like, while it is positive, in, in some respect, it's a very, very slim silver lining. It was a game that Juve had to win in order to stay in contention. And they trailed, what was it, 4-1, five minutes into the second half. So, you know, it took another some 20 minutes or whatnot to get some of the kids out there. And yes, Sule uh, was good. At, at that point, you don't know how much resistance Benfica is really putting up. They made it interesting, but even a draw would not have been enough for Juventus. So I think looking for... The only like silver lining I see for Juventus is that soon they'll have a month off while the world cup is going on and they can sort of reevaluate, um, how they're living in city at the moment, because it's fine if like, I know you weren't that high on Juventus getting out of this group. I think most people were, but there's still a gulf between getting out of the group and finishing last in the group, in this particular group. And I think that's where they're headed, right? The, The logic would say that on the final match day, um, Both teams, both Juve and Maccabi Haifa likely lose. It comes down to goal difference. uh, And in that case, it it could be very bad news for Juventus. They finish fourth and they're out of Europe altogether.
2: Yeah, I I think I didn't have them doing this poorly, quite frankly, but I did not have... Possibly even a modicum of hope that they were going to actually get out of group stage. I just the way that they actually do score their goals, um, especially given the injuries and everything that they had going in, um, I knew they weren't going to be, um, I mean, bagging them, quite frankly, I I didn't bank on suddenly like Blavich scoring like 43 goals because, you know, that would mean that we have a fully functional midfield.
3: Doesn't that just show how far the expectations have fallen for this Juventus side, though? The fact that you thought that they might not even get out of the group when when the draw came out, everyone pinned Juventus and PSG to be the two favourites and perhaps for them to have the most easy group out of the Italian teams, especially when you look at Inter's group with Barcelona and Bayern Munich, so... I feel like it's it's just it's shocking, and every match day it feels like there's a new low for Juventus or there's a new low bar that they've set. And I suppose the only silver lining is that they've got Lecce this weekend. Which I mean, if they lose that, maybe we get to a new low. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. Lecce will be Anything's like the when of this
0: you week. play negative football with fear. <laughs> you can achieve anything like that. <laughs> How did this How
4: did this happen By the way I had some I had some some connectivity issues I I dropped out for a minute I'm frantically trying To pop back in And when I do You you guys were straight Into the Juventus talk Which I think was the fourth Of the (laughs) We have four Serie A teams To talk about in the Champions League You were supposed to be fourth And I come back And there's this dark cloud Hanging over the whole
0: thing I blame this on Poppy I blame this on Poppy (laughs) (laughs) I looked around I was like Where is Drake to help us (laughs) (laughs) like, Wait wait
2: Hold up Wait Um, You know who I actually I would like to talk about Napoli because that's a
3: vibe
4: right now if left game. to your own devices this thing would just be one big hashtag Allegri out the
0: entire 45 <laughs> minutes that
4: we on a high though let's <laughs> <laughs>
3: talk about something good now <laughs> Maybe I would love
0: to move on <laughs> yeah.
4: so let's move on to Napoli who uh, scored three plus goals in all five of their games uh, first Italian team to win uh, the first five since what Juve I think in 95 96 um the longest streak actually of three plus games in the Champions League group stage since a Juventus side that actually did win the Champions League in 95-96 that was the year they beat um, Ajax in Rome in the finals the second title um, for the Bianconetti uh, this looks like a Napoli team that I don't want to set expectations but that's just me sort of hedging my own emotional bet for when inevitably you know winning the Champions League is hard winning the Scudetto is hard as good as Napoli has been it's been 30 plus years since they won uh, a league crown. And so there's still a part of me that, that thinks it will be a shock. If Napoli end up being as good as they're showing, showing us that they are. And yet, you cannot deny that what they are doing in this Champions League against this competition has been absolutely historic. And they are the most, for me, the most interesting team in this Champions League group stage, because we expect city to be as good as they are. We expect Paris to be as good as they are, especially in these early stages when the pressure is not that high. No one saw this Napoli team coming with the changes that they've made with the players. They've been doing it with the absence of Victor Oseman for virtually the entirety of the group stage whether it's Raspadori stepping in and scoring goals, in this case, assisting with a Churito Simeone, who gets the starting nod this time and scores the brace inside of just over a quarter of an hour. Uh, and when I say they're the most interesting team, they've given us all these like beautiful little tidbits, like uh, Simeone becomes the first Argentine to score four-plus goals in this Champions League group stage since... By the way, his first, the first was his dad in 1995, 1996. So, like, they're giving us all these, like, beautiful, historic stories to see an Argentine leading uh, or, or helping to lead Napoli to something historic, to see uh, players that you couldn't pronounce before the season started, like Cavada, uh, come in and dominate against the likes of Liverpool, against Ajax, to score 10 goals against Ajax in the two matches. Like, I. It, I'm struggling with the balance of projecting Napoli to win everything in front of them and stuck in the, re- in the reality that they could come crashing down the earth at some point.
0: I, I think I, I kind of want to treat Napoli like a 21st birthday. Like, we're not worried about what <laughs> idiotic things they've done in the past. I'm not really worried about, like, what stupid things they may do further on. But, like, we're just going to celebrate um, this moment. For how special however, it is
2: I, I want to remember them and I can't say that much about my 21st birthday <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: just, we're, it's just a special special thing that we're we're witnessing at this point in time I don't I don't I'm not worried about if, if anything goes bad in the future right now this team has scored 20 goals in five matches in Champions League and conceded four yeah. that is that is Those are insane numbers, let alone in a group that has Liverpool in. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this
2: I don't know how you dumb, get these dumb. stars to align like this, but if I can figure out how to bottle it, I will be a bajillionaire. Yeah. Um quite frankly, and as Dre pointed out, Napoli have done this largely Osimhen awesome free He comes back, the man didn't even take a breath, just resumes scoring goals again. I'm like, what? I, I'm I'm not complaining. I am thoroughly enjoying this, but what is happening? I, I, it's very hard not to get very excited about it.
4: And I, I was thinking, like, where do I find a weakness on this Napoli team? Like, where is the the one, like, leg that maybe isn't as sturdy as the rest of them? That if that comes down, if they lose a player, you know, where does it go sort of sideways for them? And the only thing that I sort of picked out from the beginning of the season was there's not a ton of confidence in Juan Jesus. They have basically two really good starting center backs in uh, Kim Minje. And Ratmani. and so if one of those guys is injured, maybe there's a little bit of fragility at the back there. But they've been without Rupmani, and will be for uh, I think another few weeks. And John Jesus stepped in and hasn't been brilliant, but it hasn't affected Napoli. They still another clean sheet in a 3 0 win against Rangers. Um, they have clinched in emphatic fashion. I think it's nice that we have Napoli and Inter sort of stress-free on mm-hmm. match day six. Milan, relatively stress-free going into the last one. though the job's not yet done. Um, and Juventus sort of already out. And here's why. For me, it's always the the how, just personally as a fan, it's the how more than the what. And had Juve advanced from this group, playing the way that they have, using it as um aaron said negative tactics i'm not as impressed i am insanely impressed by the way in which napoli have done it not just that they've done it not just a number of goals but in their own style in their own identifiable way they've scored a, t- a ton of goals by winning the ball back essentially like at the edge of the final third and counterattacking with four or five players where they only have 35 45 yards uh to to, to play with and that's sort of what we saw building at Napoli last season. And they rotate all of these pieces in and out. And now they're doing it as best as they ever have. And so when you see that sort of identifiable, positive style and it's effective, that's best case scenario for me. And that's why I'm dreaming like big dreams for this Napoli team.
3: I feel the same <laughs> way, Dre. It's so interesting, though, when you, I was watching the Champions League yesterday, the thing that stood out to me most. I mean, it was like the 86th minute, they're 2-0 or 3-0 up against Rangers. And they still wanted more it was almost like they felt like it was a scoreless draw and and they needed points. It was almost like how Juventus should have felt playing in that game. And then when you look at the players that they're bringing in off the bench, I feel like that comes from how much competition has been built up within this squad. And, and even going back to Ossiman, when he comes on, he is so hungry to score. You saw it in his celebration. Yes. They've got so much depth and drive on this team. And it's interesting when you look at where they were last year, They were down two points compared to last season at at this point. So technically, they're not having as great a start points-wise as as what they did domestically last year. But the team just feels so different. So I feel like it's very hard not to get excited when you look at the manner in which they're picking up all these points and, and the way that they're playing.
4: I, so I think you've nailed it and you've nailed it in that it's that intra squad competition, right? Like the, the competition that's been built into the squad. They're so ravenous to score the next goal, to continue to play well, to really just not beat the opposition, but dominate the opposition, which they have done in the champions league, which they have done in Serie A. And it's because you have all of these examples of a player stepping out and somebody just coming in and doing the job, right? Or is out, whether it's Raspadori or Simeone, they do the job. We raved about how good, uh, Frank Zambo and Giza has been this year and his maturity with this team and how seemingly irreplaceable he has been. When he goes down with an injury, Don Dombele, one of the other newcomers, comes in and they really haven't missed a beat with him stepping into that that role. Like, I'm convinced that at this stage, there isn't a player that for a short time, not for the entirety of the season, Napoli could lose and completely fall apart
0: as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, hear me out. I up. actually so ha- the- I will push back on that one. I will push back. Zelinsky? On no. I Go on. Would, I don't <laughs> think this team is the same if they lose Kim min Um, I, I, I think from the limited sample size I've seen, he he has been so, so impressive to me in the, the, him, his stepping into Koulibaly's role, the way that he leads that line. I think Rachmani is a, is a big loss, but I think if, if you lose Kim and Jay in that back line, I think it, it is a very, very, very different back line. His size, his aggression, his speed and his reading of the game and the way that he leads his line, I think would change that team very distinctly. But aside from him and maybe Zielinski, but I, I think they have the players in the team to, that, that can step in for him. I, I think Kim and Jay is probably the single most important player in that team.
4: I, I love that the way that you described him, <laughs> like the adjectives that you use are exactly <laughs> what you would use for Koulibaly, right? Like they basically yeah. like cloned uh, Koulibaly in terms re-cated. of his influence, right? It's insane. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Cooper.
2: I don't think that, so counter, I don't think that um, anyone would significantly impact Napoli on field I think that their Achilles heel if there is one it's Spalletti no way I think <laughs> absolutely yes. no chance yes one uh, of the best managers in city
0: in what he way is,
2: but he's not he's not your stereotypical clout manager who's seen like oodles and oodles of success I think that if there ever it comes a hiccup it would be his limitations not the squads
0: I don't know that he's Maybe ever had a tact- team this Maybe good tactically right limited, yeah or like the in in the approach and like his mental stability when it comes to like winning a trophy.
2: I think that he doesn't have enough. uh I mean, yes, he's got Copa Italia with Roma Super Coppa Italia. He ha- obviously going back to like '05 Serie A Coach of the Year. But I think that among his uh, colleagues, cohorts, and managers, I don't think that he has the same experiences. But yeah, to Dre's point, he's definitely got. A hell of a squad that he's working with
3: see I think of, I think the opposite and even like looking back to last season with Pioli, a lot of people said that about him, well he's never managed to lead his team to anything, and he's always fallen short he's only one manager of the month he hasn't won anything of significance, and I almost like Spalletti to Pioli last season with now he's got a deep squad that seems to be a real team first mentality with Kavara who is the most creative player in the league you feel like you never know what he's going to do every time he touches the ball it makes it exciting they've got depth in different positions selling a little or a lot
5: to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash Podcast.
1: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T A I L O R B R A N D S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
3: I, I'm interested to see how Spalletti manages it though after the World Cup when things start yeah. to get really condensed.
4: The Pioli I, comparison I really is, is a really good him. one. Yeah. So no, but the, the Pioli comparison is a really good one. Not necessarily because of you know style or or you know temperament or whatnot, but Stefano Pioli, the the title that he won as a manager with Milan last season, his first Scudetto as a manager, is the first trophy, the first major trophy that he's won since he was 19 years old playing at Juve. Right. So, yeah, there is something for having done it before, but I don't think it's necessarily a requirement. And I think when Spalletti, you have a manager who is more accomplished than, than Pioli was, who, you know, okay. previously two time uh, manager of the year. and And I think that this tenacity that we see, this energy, this, um, again, ravenous desire to continue scoring goals and dominate the opposition comes from Spalletti. Like, and especially that it's a moldable team, a team that made big changes, not just in terms of pitch, but on in the locker room, right? When you think about Koulibaly, um, Insigne, Mertens, these are the, the biggest personalities. They're gone. And Spalletti is allowed to sort of reinvent the team with these new pieces that no one had ever heard of for the most part. And so I think that's his stamp. I think that's the biggest plus in favor of Spalletti that I could uh, come up with. But- He hasn't done it before, to your point.
2: Right, yeah. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying that I think if I have to assess the entirety of the situation, I don't see it coming from players on pitch. I think it would probably be tactically or just a misstep on his part. However, I love Spalletti, with all being said. It's not a criticism on him. I just think if I have to pick a weak leg, uh, I'm going for him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think... I, I mean, I, I really, really highly rate Spalletti. I think he's done incredible things with the team. I think the the testament to what he's doing is how they're able to slot players in and out and not really see a drop-off. That's down to management, in my opinion. You don't bring a player like... Yes, they've scouted fantastically, but the, the way that these players are fitting into this team and the, the unity that you see with this team... The fact that we haven't heard a word out of a Raspadori, we haven't heard a word out of Simeone, um, that Osiman comes in and just comes back into the fold and is playing so so well. I think the unity in this team, I think tactically they're set up really, really well. I, I think his management of this team has been fantastic. I, I think if anything this Napoli team will fall apart because of outside pressure. Like if you've ever walked in the city of Naples, like it, you can talk about it all you want until you like walk in that city and feel, feel it. It is, it's, you can literally, it's palpable The the love for the team, you like, if you were a player walking around in that city, you would. there's no way you don't understand how much it means to every single person that's from there. And I think if they're going to fall apart, it's because of that. I think once it gets really, really tight and, and it, those yeah. fans start yelling. That is kind of
2: insurmountable. <laughs> Although, when it's enjoyable, like I'm ready to just declare myself like artist in residence at Diego Armando Maradona Stadium and be like, I live here until the vibes are bad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, I, when I the just want to it gets rough, terrifying. It's real, real rough. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's real, real rough.
2: <laughs> I'm not that tough. I'm going to be totally honest. I'd be weeping in the corner in the fetal position.
0: I've heard players talk about. How much it really like can weigh on you, especially players like at Milan, Inter, Napoli. You you especially in the San Siro and in the, the Maradona. Like when you walk into the stadium, when you walk around, especially in Naples, when you walk walk around that city, it's the the heaviness is apparent. Like it, the shirt is literally heavy.
2: Is this a
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And just are, one more thing. Yeah, you, the 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 you know what was you know what was crazy? What I loved last week that we showed in the in the show was uh, not only you know, obviously so much pressure in Napoli, but in Georgia, there is people watching Napoli games at movie theatres so they can watch Kavara play. I mean, how cool is that, by the way? There's only three million is the population in uh, Georgia, which is like roughly the size of Connecticut, and they are showing Napoli games in the local movie theaters. I just think that's so awesome. I adore uh, that. The I connectivity love, of always love is hearing just...
0: stories about like small players from smaller countries that make it big and and. and... Especially like in NBA, like you get a Serbian player and like the their entire hometown, and everyone's watching. Like everyone's got like a a Doncic jersey. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, it's it's Vada's story. uh, I read a a New York Times article about him, and it's 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 just a cool story overall. Mm -hmm. Napoli's story overall is it would be the best possible thing for our league, and. I think our coverage, if Napoli won Champions League in Serie A, that would be... Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) No dream is too big. How cool would it be for Serie A, though, to have four different Scudetto winners in the last four seasons if Napoli were to win it this year? It just shows how complex the league is.
4: So should we move on to Inter? Um, because I don't. <laughs> we want to go with Is negative. The All
2: Napoli show good.
4: Yeah. No, just uh, I think Inter have a lot to, to look forward to as well. Like they're probably the team that you know from the from the depth they were maybe a month ago talking about you know Z- Inzaghi's future and and you know whether he would um, whether he could really sort of take this Inter team to, to continue to contend to now they're locked into the round of sixteen. They get back um, uh, Romelu Lukaku, who comes in off the bench and scores. They will have this sort of time uh, once the World Cup starts to sort of reevaluate. And we always talk about this being one of those two seasons in one. Like, they may be sort of best, even though they're deeper back on the table, they may be best positioned to grow into the campaign uh, as compared to anybody else that's that's sort of not met the expectations so far. And the biggest part of that is Lukaku was brought in, was brought back to give them that sort of goal guarantee that they'd had when they won the Scudetto and that they lacked when they didn't, even though they contended right up until the last game of the season. He showed you with the goal that he scored off the bench, just what they've been missing, where he he often looks like, you know, the grown man playing against small children, uh, just out-muscling people, doing whatever he wants inside of the 18. And you talk about the way that Simeone and Raspadori have filled in. Edin Jekyll scores two big goals for them in the Champions League. He's really sort of been filling in. I don't think Correa has really... Um, at any point, lived up to the expectations uh, in his reunion with Inzaghi. Um, but in, Edin you have a brilliant backup and now you get your starter, your number one in Romero Lukaku back at just the right time for, for Inter into the round of 16 and to make a real strong push for top four.
0: For me, it's not even them doing this without Lukaku. That's impressive. It's playing without Marcelo Brozovic for long periods of time, who I think is the actual heart of that team. I think, Ah, uh, Nicolò Barella has really, really stepped up in the, the last few weeks. He, I think, he kind of started the campaign. He, it looked like he ran out of gas last year, um, in the second half of the season, maybe the last third of the season. But he's really, really looked like the Barella of old. His range of passing, the ground he covers, he's such a fun player to watch. And I hate to say that for an Inter player, but he's <laughs> he's so so good. Um, credit to that team. Mikhatyian has been and and um chalanoglu in midfield have been fantastic i would, ne- would have never thought that hakan chalanoglu would be like a, a, I mean, a fantastic regista. like what's going on there <laughs> what are we doing here um uh i, I think uh, the knives were maybe out for simone and kind of earlier on in the season and he kind of looked at him calmly and said we'll be fine over here relax You're okay <laughs> chill out um So he's been a very calming influence. I was worried that the the Conte bump had had worn off and that this team would be too flat. It wouldn't have some of the bite that he instilled, some of the urgency. And I, to his credit, I think he's kind of evened them out a little bit, um, especially after kind of dipping towards the end of last season and maybe the beginning of the season. So all credit to that squad and, and Inzaghi
4: so i'll push back a little on the um hakan channel thing and i know you said that you didn't see it right so it's, i mean it's your perspective but I, I had high hopes for for him when he came over because i do of...
0: believe in him
4: <laughs> i get that i get that <laughs> And you know what? A lot of Milan fans didn't either, because the moment I said that uh, his set pieces, all I said, as narrow as this, his set pieces are going to be a problem for the rest of this league. Uh, I just I wanted to throw my phone in a a lake after the replies that I got for just saying that, which was like a factually like a factually true statement. The one thing that he's done well his entire career. The
0: thing about a player that people dislike, you know. Yeah. Hundred percent. been backed up with statistics.
4: Eh. But it's been more. It's been more than just his uh, delivery on, on dead balls and on set pieces. Like he has filled in in a way for Brozovic that I don't think anyone could have expected him to do. Like they, that, The the problem, the Achilles heel of of uh, Inter was supposed to be that Brozovic is irreplaceable. That without him, the team has to play completely different. He essentially fills two roles in one as their sort of regista deep line playmaker and a, a recovery player in the opposition's half. Um, Hakan can't do both those things, but he can do the first part of that. And he's done it in a way that has allowed Inter to continue playing the way that, that they're supposed to the way that Nzagi wants them to without having to make sort of major style changes or, or huge tactical changes as a result. I think a lot of that has to do with just how good Barella has been. I, I'll, I'll disagree a little bit with Mkhitaryan. I think he's been okay. I don't think he's been anything impressive, but Barella has been he's so strong in, in
0: that role. I won't Okay, that's passing, fair. But better than I expected in that role. And also Chalonoglu's range of passing just gives him something different than Brozovic. He can pick anyone out on the pitch from anywhere. And it's, yeah. it's kinda and he can also his his shooting from distance just makes teams terrified. So they have to step out to him if, if he's in forty within forty five <laughs> meters of goal, basically. We've seen him score from there. Uh I still watch like highlights of his goals with Hamburg, like the the man has like I I don't know if there's anyone in football right now who strikes the ball more purely. Um, I'm, I'm welcome to hear some of the examples he, that are set because there are a few people that really really hit the ball, but the way he strikes the ball is like every time he get he lines it up, you can just see the light go out of goalkeepers eyes, and it's really fun. <laughs>
2: I think even in the last match against Fiorentina, and granted they haven't been the Fiorentina that I think they truly are this season, in my opinion, um, Barella opening their scoring just two minutes in this past weekend was like, okay, Barella's showing up. Lotharo, um, extremely predictable. I feel like they got hit the hardest when he had his sort of scoring dry spell, but whatever he did, um, whatever he's doing, uh, I mean, sana, it pains me to say. <laughs> keep keep doing it, you know. Um, and then Mickey got on the board, which is always nice because I feel like I'm perpetually rooting for him, irrespective of squad. I feel like he kind of didn't really shine much at Roma either. But um, look at me, I'm on you a get roll. That saying. Arsenal
0: love for him, you know. I do.
2: You know, like it's so weird how they posit that, and you always <laughs> perpetually have this soft spot that you're like, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. You're not talking about my son, and I'm like, hey, no. I'm- it's fine. It's fine. But, yeah, no, Inter are, are, like, they had, I think, the most depth at the beginning of the season, and I thought they'd be formidable. And then, of course, the pitchforks came for Nzagi. They didn't have a series of favorable yeah. outcomes. And now I feel like they're kind of rebounding. Granted, they're still, you know, sitting just above Juve, which doesn't say much um, on the Serie out table, but... I mean, they're they're definitely getting it done in Champions League, which
0: their I outlook mean, is way more positive than you basically.
3: For
2: sure. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying like when you look at the table, sometimes the standings don't accurately reflect the squad that you're actually dealing with.
3: Um, and I feel like Inter have, they have, like have, compared to Juve, Inter ha- actually have a plan moving forward. And, and even when they go through a, a stretch where they're not getting all three points in the league or things aren't looking great, you always get the sense like it is going to come good for them. And especially lately when we've seen the players taking the accountability, even on social media and, and just the by the way they've been acting, it's almost taken the pressure off Inzaghi and given the fans more confidence given the you know people watching them more confidence but I feel like they're playing with more confidence as well and especially now Lukaku's back I feel like the biggest person to benefit from that is definitely Martinez and what have they now won for the last five games or five of their last six so they're a team that I feel like when they start to get things right go on a really good run and, and it seems to be brewing in the right way for them at the minute.
2: Sorry, puppy. What's this thing that you refer to? I'm a little stuck on. What, was
3: it a p- a plan? What's a plan? <laughs> a plan for you? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> <a> wild concept. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I know. We're not allowed to talk about Yube, though. We're Dre Dre will no, mute me if I talk I about Yube
4: again. There? No, I'll just I'll, I'll just I'll just add this that uh, that, that Uve have as much of a plan as this podcast did uh, today, and so this is probably a good place uh, for us to, to leave it. Um, we have coverage of Napoli Sassolo coming up Saturday. Matteo Bonetti and I will be on the call for that, uh, 9am, uh, kickoff. So do join us uh, over on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, in terms of recapping the scenarios in the Champions League, Napoli and Inter, both lose the round of 16. Uh, Milan with a foot in. All they have to do is get a point at home against Salzburg, and they punch their ticket. And uh, Juventus are out of contention for the round of 16 and possibly out of Europe altogether if they don't get uh, a favorable result on match day four. Anything else?
2: Nope, you can catch the playback of Calcio A Cappuccino on every platform that you get your podcasts, and you'll catch us again next week. Ciao
3: a tutti. Till next Grazie mille. Ciao.
0: You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players and brilliant goals with the UEFA champions league channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS sports app.